Hello and welcome back to Donkey's Garage for episode 13. In this weekend we were racing in Canada at the Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve, a former F1 driver. During the weekend it began with heavy rain in Montreal, very very heavy rain. The track got inundated completely. We saw some pictures um, of the track completely submerged. Some uh, trucks were trying to clear the water out of the track to, I guess, preserve the quality of the tarmac um, to avoid any damages to the surface. Um, because, of course, with rain, all the rubber that has been left over before is completely washed away. But anyway, before we get into the weekend, I wanted to cover some of the news that <coughs> we got. Um, before the race, the weekend began, and that was a FIA directive, a controversial FIA directive that was supposed to tackle the issue of the bouncing, the pore poisoning that we've seen in the cars during this uh, season. And the just as a reminder, the problem that has appeared that was not detected in the CDA models in the wind tunnel. Um, when they did the testing during the winter season was that the cars when they reach a certain speed there's this the ground effect generates a bouncing um, which is an oscillation um, where the car moves the height of the car moves as the ground effect appears and then disappears when the bottom of the car touches the tarmac and these uh, generates a bouncing that can get really, really extreme. Um, and in certain cases, we've we've seen it on the onboard cameras. The, the driver is 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 like an a on a uh, kind of jumping up and down. Um, and this especially happens at very high speed, um, so in straights and uh, fast speed corners. From the beginning, there seemed that some teams were more affected than others. So for instance, this Red Bull seems to be lesser affected. Alpine doesn't seem to be that bad affected. But all the teams such as um, Mercedes are very, very much affected by this problem. And this has, of course, had an impact, a direct impact on the performance of the, of the car on the track, uh, setting Mercedes back to the, to the um, middle of the pack where um, Red Bull is at this point in, in, in the season dominating heavily, um, especially over Ferrari. So the the race at Baku, which was the previous race, um, really exposed the issue and the, the arguments that really pushed um, the situation over the limit of what was supposed to be acceptable was that uh, some safety concerns were raised at that point and the FIA decided that that it was going to act. Um, the FIA regulation um, envisages the possibility that where 8 out of 10 teams agree they can adopt a modifying, a amending um, directive to the current regulation.
but of course, as in many aspects in politics, it's very difficult to get everyone on board. And the situation that we witnessed in Baku was that some teams um, decided not to support this resolution and the consequence was that the directive to tackle the poor poisoning effect was not adopted. So the FIA could only impose a directive, a technical directive, on the alternative ground, which is when it considers that there is a safety or health issue with um, one aspect of, of the regulation, it can amend it without requiring the support of the teams. So it's a unilateral act of the FIA. And that's the path they adopted to choose. And so for Canada, they announced that they were going to tackle the balancing by introducing a new set of measurements that were supposed to quantify the balancing and where the balancing exceeded limits imposed by the new uh, technical regulation, the teams would be mandatorily required to run a higher car in order to prevent the oscillation, the, uh, the pore poisoning or the balancing from being too extreme. So against this background, of course, we have to remember that we had a very vocal George Russell saying in Baku, this is a safety concern. It is only a matter of time before there's a big crash, there's a big accident. And the cause for the accident is the bouncing. And at the same time, we witnessed uh, Lewis Hamilton getting out of the car Baku saying about well, looking completely completely shattered with back pain you know, holding his back sitting as he was trying to get out of the of the of the car and so on and well many people saw in these a political a, a movie stunt a Christian Horner said this is all acting this is all politics this is Total Wolf just trying to influence the FIA. And I did say in my previous episode that I did agree with him. FIA, the uh, Formula One and the FIA is m very much about politics. And Total Wolf is no stranger to that. And he's shown in the past that he's got a very strong grasp of the FIA. That he, he can terrify with his influence the choices of the FIA and it seems that that's what he's done this time again and especially I think the the FIA um, directorship at this point in time is very weak it's just coming out of a season where it got um, pounded over and over again by the Mercedes and the new director seems to be a bit on the cautious side doesn't want to provoke too much Total Wolf doesn't want to to create more exposure, more negative exposure, more headlines as to whether the FIA has made a mistake or not. And it, it chose the, the safe side, I guess, the safe course, by adopting something that seems reasonable, which is there is a problem, there is a safety 
risk, there's this health issue, and we're going to tackle it. And Total Wealth must have said, well, lovely, my bullying, my, my lobbying has, has worked. I am going to get Red Bull, I'm going to get Ferrari, I'm going to get all these teams that are ahead of me at the moment. And I'm going to bring them down to my level of performance without having to, to step up my game. Which is the argument that Christian Horner was saying. The FIA is bringing a technical regulation to punish those who've done the work properly and have made a competitive car that doesn't suffer that much from, from bouncing. Um, and it's kind of applauding or accepting that teams that have not found the key to the solution can get away without it. And perhaps just to throw a bit more fire and more into, into to create, generate a bit more, more conversation. I, I was thinking about the time where McLaren and Honda were at a very, very low point in Formula One and when Honda was not working. I do not remember the FIA stepping in and saying, uh, Mercedes, we are going to bring down your level of performance. We're going to tame your, your engine so that you, your pace equals the one of the Honda engine. And so that we've got a competitive, um, uh, competitive field of, of, of engines, that all engines are in an equal playing field. I don't remember that happening. I rather remember Mercedes looking away and saying, well, too bad. Uh, we're just going to win eight world championships, constructor championships, and we are not really going to care about Red Bull, about the Honda engines, I'm sorry. So I wonder whether this is a strategic move, whether it makes any sense at all to go on the rescue of those who are on the bottom part of the ladder and, and punish those who've done the work properly. Um, perhaps these would, would generate a negative um, precedent in, in Formula One, because why wouldn't Williams or Haas or Alfa Romeo now look at the car, look at the performance and say, well, all top teams are now going to bring that level of performance to match ours because we want to be a top team, right? And let's take the, the case, the Williams case. Um, our car doesn't do well here, there. Our engine perhaps is not maximized here. Um, we're just going to punish those who are at the top so that we can race with them. Um, and no one would be crazy enough to say that's a valid point. I mean, granted, there is not a safety issue as such, but if we bear in mind that all cars are doing 300 kilometers an hour, granted that Latifi or Alex Albon could both say that having a bad car makes you more prone to pushing over the limit and then having an accident. Maybe, why not, you find a 
health argument there to bring all the cars together and, and get rid of, of um, healthy competition. And just perhaps as a, as a, as a subsidiary argument, um, from a legal point of view, it's just outrageous that when you pass a law, you expect everyone to abide by it. And you certainly not expect amendments to be brought, to be adopted, as the case fits. Because, well, certain parts of society don't like it. And, well, I mean, certainly, um, why not? Especially if certain parts of societies are the one you want to promote. Why not change the laws to give them just the little push they need to, to go and, and be competitive? Um, but perhaps that's my, my legal education that, that make, makes me quite abhorrent of this, of this technical directive. But that's really all I wanted to say. So moving on to qualifying. Um, I think it was very interesting. I was just gutted that the rain didn't stay long enough. I think it would have been an incredible and outrageous and terrifying um, qualifying had the rain persisted all the way through. And I've always said it and I'm going to keep saying it. I am an Alonso fan. I grew up with him and just seeing him do P1, P2, P3, even P4. It just, it, it sends shivers down my spine. It was absolutely incredible to see him drive the way he drove during qualifying. He was over the limit but just on the point where it becomes almost too much, but enough to, to, to out-qualify science on the rain. I, I really dreamt for a second and, well, I, I like to be a dreamer, a daydreamer. I like to believe in things that don't exist, but that's dreams are what keeps people going and pursue even bigger dreams. So, yeah, I was looking forward for that P2 and when the checkered flag came came down on, on Q3, I was hoping that the race the next day would bring a podium for Alonso and hopefully a P2. I wanted to see him fight in equal terms in a level playing field with the rest and for once not have to say, I hope the rain is there. I hope this guy um, doesn't do that well so that Alonso can get ahead. I was hoping I was hoping he was going to be there, that we were going to see him the way he was in 2005, 2006, all the way to 2010 even, uh, to his even Ferrari years. Um, but let's take the positive away. He did an incredible qualifying and I was very, very happy. I shouted, I applauded, I almost cried, I think, uh, when I saw that P2 confirmed on Saturday. 
in qualifying at the Circuit de Vien uh, Gilles Villeneuve. Time to, to dream, to daydream, certainly. And now, Max, not a surprise. He looked very, very solid all the way through the weekend. No mistakes. It just seems that he's found the sweet spot in his driving where he's confident, where he's, he's, just, he's just there. He's just completed. Um, and somehow he just looks stronger than ever, I would say. But he looks stronger than ever in a different level. I mean, he can, he can deal with challenges and still look calm. Um, he can still push when, when needed and control the race when, when it's needed also. Just absolutely uh, breathtaking to, to watch him drive. I've always been a bigger fan of, of Max than, than Lewis. Um, especially because I think he's had a, a tougher time to reach that point. Whereas Lewis seems to, to have enjoyed a, a reasonable period of, of calm um, of calmness in, in Formula 1 where he didn't have direct competitors um, and he didn't he could fly through the weekends without much much of an issue but as always I want to see racing I want to see a challenge and I'm just hoping that Ferrari is going to keep strong enough through the, to the season to, to keep the pressure on on on, on Red Bull and, and bring bring a bit of a spice to to the game. And with that said, Perez, what happened to him? He made a mistake. Um, I guess quite unacceptable, especially when you're in that position where you are reaching um, the doors of heaven to, to fight for a championship. You cannot make a mistake the, the way he did. Although, granted, the, the track is not the easiest. The conditions were tricky. But of course, part of the of, of being a super driver, being one of the greatest, is that you have to overcome those challenges. And you see that Max Verstappen, you, you see that uh, Alonso Lewis, um, all these drivers, whatever conditions you throw at them, they seem to, to be on top of them always. And they're not making mistakes. So I guess something for, for Paris to learn and to internalize and, and think for for the future um, he cannot afford to lose a p2 a p3 that he could have easily get and he can definitely not ex well afford to, to 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 have a red ball at the back of the grid anyway so although overall he didn't seem to be that quite comfortable all the way through through the free practices and we saw in qualifying that he was struggling to find the pace, so maybe he was just not there, and the rain and the pressure was just the the element that pushed him over the edge and forced him to to mistake, and that essentially generated the the problem and, and essentially um, caused him to to crash. And then there was the issue with the, the with the gearbox uh, that he couldn't uh, engage uh, reverse. He did, but the car wouldn't respond. And uh, perhaps that was a bit of a focus to what was going to happen the next day. Perhaps an issue with the with the gearbox already um, appearing in the horizon. Um, what else? Ferrari. Well, one of the drivers was out. 
um, because of the engine swap uh, for Charles Leclerc following the DNF in Baku. They were going to change only certain parts of the engine to to minimize the grid penalty but at the end they decided to change the whole engine uh, including the internal combustion engine which overall seems to be a good choice um, you might as well take all the chances together especially to try that you can reasonably overtake um, and try to, to maximize your your chances of, of, of getting some points uh, rather than just being stuck where you are at the back. If you do that in a, perhaps in another track, you you would be really stuck behind and, and you wouldn't be able even to get a P6, even a P7. So he started 19 and he on Sunday he started 19 because of that grid penalty. Sainz, he did well. He got qualified by Alonso. That, well, that, was, that was surprising, but he did well. He... He was sharp. He he got he got a good sense of qualifying. He didn't make mistakes. He was very mindful that he needed to qualify no matter what. He could not afford a Ferrari, another Ferrari at the back of the of the grid. So I get he was a more on the cautious side. He was pushing really hard, but just um, being cautious at the same time enough to 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 um, assure a competitive uh, position at the grid for Sunday. So that was, I think that was good for him. A, a round of applause for the Chinese driver, Zhou or John, whatever it's pronounced. Very, very good. He did, looked very, very solid. He went all the way to Q3. I think he qualified ninth or, or 10th or something like that. But really, really good. Uh, he looked solid. He showed that well, he's, he's, when when he, when he's confident, when he's got the the feeling, um, he he's a very solid driver. He had qualified botches, that says a lot. And um, it was the first time for him driving around um, Montreal, so another good point shows that he can adapt quickly to new tracks. And the Alfa Romeo seemed to be quite happy around the around the streets of. Of Montreal, so good for the team also. Mercedes, well, I mean, the free practices started as a nightmare. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was saying that he didn't have a rear. He seemed to be uh, complaining about how the weekend was a wash. And then somehow they kind of found the way they were going to add another um, another piece to stiffen the, the uh, ground of the, the car. Um, towards the diffuser, but they decided not to do it um, because they were thinking that it might generate uh, complaints um, from other teams. So in the end, they decided not to do that, not to go for that. But um, still, with even without that piece, they were really, really solid. Lewis had qualified George for the first time, and they got, uh, I think it was P P. Five and P six or P four and P five, no P four and P six I think P four and P four and P six have to pardon for that because it was already some days ago um, the qualifying and apparently my memory is fading, um, the adrenaline rush is, is is washing away, and Ocon he could have done better, 
just uh, comparing to Alonso, he did say that there was a bit more potential in that car, but he just uh, didn't didn't quite put it together. And Vettel, he looked really, really, really good during freak practice and then suddenly disappeared in qualifying, which I thought was a shame because it did really did look like we were going to have a, a qualifying with the all top notches um, at the front of the grid. Apparently there was an issue with the tire temperature uh, pressure that um, completely uh, unsettled the car and he lost the rear during qualifying. Um, I would I would have liked him to, to be at the top and, and be fighting for, for a qualifying, for a decent qualifying position. I think he had it and we've seen that uh, when his mind is, is in, the, in the race, he does deliver very well. I was a bit shocked with him with his uh, helmet, I have got to say. He, he made a special helmet against um, the oil policy um, of the Canadian government, so I guess fracking and so on. And at the same time, right next to the blah 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 against oil and so on, he had, or oh, he kept the Aramco um, advertising, which is a bit of a nonsense because Aramco is an oil company and admittedly is the biggest oil company in the world and I doubt very much that they are very environmentally friendly or at least they make a living out of burning um, fossil fuels and then Vettel has got the whole blah 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 about the oil policy of this, of this country next to it doesn't really make sense and I do see the point that some people say that if you're so against uh, oil and burning fossil fuels and the footprint, carbon footprints and so on, you might as well not race Formula 1 because the whole sport is, is based on the premise of burning um, all type of chemical components that are very bad for the environment. Admittedly, they are going towards a more um, carbon neutral footprint, but still you are very much... Uh, contributing to an industry that is based on, on, on oil. So not sure what he's trying to, to achieve. Um, I mean, very good for him to raise, raising the awareness and so on. Uh, good for him that he's looking for future generations. But I'm not sure if there is a bit of um, incompatibility between having the Aramco sponsorship and at the same time going against them because at the end of the day they are the guys that are paying him the salary and he's got a decent paycheck at the end of the day so not sure whether that's congruent but that's up to him and for the race um, it was a very boring race to me and um, I knew from the start that Alonso was going to do 100% he could, but even 100% of what he could to, to be in the race was not going to be enough in the dry to keep the Alpine competitive. Had it rained, I, am, I was 100% sure that he was in a position to compete for, for, a, for a podium, but unfortunately, the Canadian weather did not quite favour us with the rain. It could rain all the way through the week, up, up to, to qualifying and apparently decided to be a shiny and beautiful day for the race um, that seems to be the case lately that the rain is not when it needs to be to make things fun um, don't know why but yeah quite quite annoying I guess he was smart in that he 
didn't put up a fight or he couldn't actually put up a fight but he was he tried to stay within the second under the second um of uh science trying to get his drs in order to be you know to, to gain those extra extra um, uh, k's at the end of the straight and uh gain some 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 seconds uh, a lap Max was incredible. He looked very, very solid all the way through through the race. Um, it was the Tsunoda safety car that seemed to upset the the whole logistics of the Red Bull team. It seemed that they had the what, six, seven, eight seconds ahead of science uh, through the race, and then suddenly twelve laps, not twenty laps to the end, um, because of the safety car, everyone kind of got bunched together again, and they had to fight for 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 the for the win i guess again um Sainth was incredible he, he put a lot of pressure for 17 laps but max verstappen showed that he's he's in a different level he didn't make a single mistake a solid solid drive just keeping uh, the ferrari just in check and he did prove that although Sainth was just slightly faster it was not he was not fast enough to overtake him um because let us remember that about racing, you might be faster than the guy in front of you, but one thing is to reach and, and be right uh, his, his uh, tailpipe. But a different thing is to overtake. So um, we, we got a demonstration that proved that that is, that, is, that is true. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. If you're not able to pass, you're stuck behind. Uh, we've seen that with uh, Hamilton behind Gasly in the past. We've seen that so many times that um, perhaps it gets a bit of a boring narrative. He couldn't overtake, and that was too bad. Perez dropped out because of the gear gearbox issue. Uh, Tsunoda, I've read some people saying that how the Tsunoda did a big mistake, and it was quite unnecessary mistake, I would say, if anything. Um, I'm not. I'm usually a bit very critical about these kind of mistakes, um, because you expect these drivers to be the top of the of drivers and not be making similar mistakes. This time, for once, I'm not going to be not going to be harsh on on Tsunoda. I don't think there's a ground to 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 criticize him for for what he did. Um, I don't think that was a, such a big mistake. He was coming out of the pits very cold tires and by the time he tried to steer the car when went ahead um don't know really what happened but I, I wouldn't say that was such a big big mistake uh, i saw that autosport awarded him that was uh, great so that would uh, be temptation to award him the donkey's garage for, for that mistake but i won't do it because i don't think he deserves it norris uh, mclaren's were completely out Quite unfortunate, his pit stop with uh, the double pit stop where Norris was ahead and then uh, Ricciardo was ahead and when Norris came, there were no tyres for him. And as he did tweet at some point during, uh, I think it was on Monday, he did say a Formula 1 without tyres is quite useless. It needs tyres to run. So yeah, uh, without tyres, they were not going very far. Quite a big mistake for a team. And that's where you see that, you know, this... A team that wants to get back to to the to the top of the of the ladder needs to have these kind of things completely mastered, and we've said in the past 
Ferrari, if they want to get back on top, they need to master all all aspects of the race, including strategy, including that kind of mistakes. You cannot make mistakes during pit stops, no matter what, no matter what kind. You need to be perfect at everything you do, spotless. Otherwise, the championship is not yours. And we are saying that Red Bull, they are faultless, and that's that's why they got the leadership at the moment. Um, Alpine, they were not very reactive. Um, during the first uh, virtual safety car, they were not going to Peter Alonso, which makes sense. Um, but then during the second, well, it was a perfect opportunity. Um, admittedly, the F Spanish press have said that apparently when Alonso was about to enter the pits uh, to profit from the virtual safety car, the, it just um, had been cancelled, so he couldn't come in and, and benefit from that. Um, reduced or reduced uh, well, from that virtual safety car from pitting through safety car so as a consequence he had to continue the race and then he was had very old tires and he had no traction and so on so he essentially had to pit under normal conditions and then he lost the competitive advantage vis-a-vis -vis the rest well i mean things that happen but again you know those those team they need to be a bit more more focused a bit more sharp in how they plan this strategy because you cannot make mistakes like that. And then Alonso made a big mistake um, at the end of the race in that defending against uh, Bottas, he um, changed direction several times and apparently uh, he infringed the, uh, the FIA regulation and he got a five second penalty which then uh, pushed him all the way back to ninth position. The team was smart in that they told Ocon to stay close to Alonso so that he could stay within a second and benefit from DRS in order to um, protect from Bottas. Uh, apparently there was a bit of an uh, ER, ERS issue also together, but well, whatever. The Alpine team, they the car wasn't, wasn't, I mean, was good, but was not good enough to fight for a podium. And then the kind of the race kind of collapsed as, 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 as the laps were, uh, were lapsing so eh, well that's it um to me the race was pretty boring and what else can i say the donkeys award i would say that well i mean i'm gonna say first the suggestions um i had jesus say that it was alpine um Lucas suggested Tsunoda for his um, visit to the wall and the media seemed to be in favour of Vettel because no, the, the media are in favour of uh, Tsunoda and then I had another suggestion for uh, Vettel um, Lucas was in favour of Tsunoda too um, I'm going to go for McLaren because not having the tyres ready, that's, that's very bad. That is seriously bad. I mean, I, I agree with Norris, a car without tyres is no car. So instead of giving it to a driver, I'm going to give it exceptionally to one team for being very dumb, for not being, not being reactive, for not being there. You have to be a bit more sharp during the, the weekend. You have to be... Uh, part of the race you have to feel it you have to sense it and they were just not there 
And with that, I conclude. And before I go, I would like to ask you people to give me feedback. You've got a nice little section where you can provide with feedback on how to make it better, on things you would like to, me to change. And I would very much like um, you know, some, some, some ideas, perhaps things you want to hear, perhaps things um, that you want to add to the channel. Um, that would uh, help me very much. And... Well, with that, thank you very much for listening. And next time it will be Silverstone, a classic race, perhaps one of the most iconics. And definitely it should be a very good weekend. The British always make the best recipes for races. Thank you very much and have a good day. Wow.